Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined uh, by InsideTexas.com's uh, Justin Wells. Justin uh, watched the game last night, like uh, most of us here, uh, as reported on the Longhorns uh, from both a team and recruiting perspective now for more than 10 years. Uh, Justin, thanks for joining us. Uh, and I've got to, I've got to say, what were your initial takeaways from the game? You know, obviously, it it it, it turned out probably kind of how we thought it would towards the end. Once they hit the second half, once they hit stride, they made a few adjustments, and so it sort of ended kind of how we thought. I don't know if we ex- I expected UTSA to come out and throw hands. I wasn't expecting Texas to not respond as early as they were. And, and, and I think it was just a combination of, yes, the hangover from Alabama was real. Everything that Sark had talked about wanting to avoid came to fruition. They're, they're young college players, and it happens. And then give UTSA credit, you know, they came in with a great game plan. Matt Maddox had a great play, had some tremendous play calling. Um, I You know what I got from it, Bobby, was that, they looked bad early on. They made some adjustments at halftime, and they started to, to, to really assert themselves in the second half. This might have been a better win than a blowout because I think this game told them told them something about themselves. You know, in the past, the, the narrative, you know, all over uh, Longhorn fandom last night was, well, five, ten years ago, they lose this type of game. They probably lose this game at home, and now that they found a way to win it, you know, obviously by 21 – And so my biggest takeaway is this is probably better than a blowout. This is probably what this team needed because there was there's there's some holes. This is the time, you know, the last two games, the video session probably wasn't that bad. It was probably pleasant overall. This video session's not going to be happy. It's not going to be pretty. And that's a good thing because there's no way you're going to play that well week after week after week. And so my biggest takeaway was UTSA was exactly what we thought they were. Jeff Trailer and those guys were going to play hard as hell, and they did. They came and swung hands. I was shocked at how much pressure, at how much more physical UTSA was, especially in the first half. But overall, this is a good win for Texas because it shows they can hit adversity. It shows that you know they can get hit in the mouth. They can get down ten in the second quarter to a, a P five, a G five school, and they find a way. They found a way. Hudson Card, the offense doesn't move as much. It's smoothly, as you'd say, with Quinn. And then you give it to Bijan. And Rashawn Johnson, who might be the most valuable player on this team, not named Quinn, overall a good win, Bobby, against a good team. That's a team that's probably definitely going to compete for the Conference USA Championship and probably win that conference. That's going to be a good, solid team moving forward if they stay healthy. I want to give a special thanks. we got more to – to come here, we're going to talk offense and defense, uh, plays of the game, surprise of the games, uh, talk a little bit about where we think Texas might end up being ranked uh, after yesterday's games and uh, some other games that, that happened around the, the country. Uh, but first, I want to thank our sponsor, uh, Bertolottis Rodman, uh, the, the uh, law firm. Uh, at Bertolottis Rodman, it's about the relationships. The full-service firm specializes in business and real estate law, satisfying the needs of a startup to complex negotiations to every contract in between. Bertolottis Rodman develops lastful, uh, lasting, meaningful relationships that puts their co- uh, clients first. Tim uh, Rodman there uh, at the law firm, uh, a member of Inside Texas. Please give him a shout if you're needing any legal uh, help. All right, uh, Justin, we talk about it. Tower got lit up orange last night. 
big, I, you know, to your point, when you were mentioning this, uh, one of the things that I, I found interesting uh, was that it was a game that Texas sometimes would have lost a year ago. So not just five to 10 years ago, a year ago, uh, because yeah. they were getting gashed in the run game early, setting up exactly what we said they didn't need to, the second and threes or the second and fives that then became third and twos. Uh, they got they did not get off the field easily in the first, first half. Um, and so it was setting up to be a long night for the Longhorns. A 20-play drive to start the game is not the way Texas foresaw that starting. Um, that being said, they did overcome it, and they did work back towards it. Uh, I want to start here, uh, and you mentioned Roshan Johnson, though. So let's, let's start on offense and really talk about who we thought our MVPs of the game were. I absolutely, even though B. John Robinson went for 183. That's two total yards. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great game. My offensive MVP is Roshan Johnson. And I know, I know that's going to be, and there's a difference between this isn't most valuable performance, it's most valuable player. Absolutely. Right? There's a difference. Uh, most valuable performance, B. John Robinson, probably. Mm-hmm. Most valuable player, Roshan Johnson, because he changed the tone of the game when they went to two backs. Hurdling the guy in the red zone on a third and two, by the way, where Texas did not, and first contact was made behind the line of scrimmage. Yes, that matter Texas of fact, it was. did not need to come away with three in that in that situation. They needed to come away with, with seven, and because of Roshan Johnson, they did. Um, and so while... You look at the numbers here, and Bijan clearly uh, two long touchdown runs, three TDs and all. I get it, uh, but Roshan Johnson for me just had one of those games that, if you ever go back, if we ever, I wouldn't be surprised in three to four years as Texas we think turns the corner here because of Quinn Ewers, because of Cedric Baxter, because of Arch Manning and Jonte Cook and Xavier Worthy, all these high-end guys they're bringing in, right? right, right. We, we think that that's happening right now. We can kind of we, – we've seen it before, and, and we think that's what's happening. It wouldn't surprise me that we don't look back on a guy like Roshan Johnson and say that's the dude that helped them take that next step. Because without this game and future games and even Kansas State a year ago where he put him on his back, the culture doesn't necessarily change. It's just all talk. It's all hat and no cattle. And Roshan Johnson last night, the more I thought about it, uh, and on a second rewatch, when they went to 20 personnel uh, in the uh, second quarter there, uh, or into the first, uh, it just changed the complexion of the game. Bobby, I like, you know, I always, I, I always try to be original. I always, you know, I always try to bring a, a, a fresh perspective. And uh, I can't. I'm going to copy you. It, it's Roshan Johnson. Because of the tenor of the first half, there was one guy that stepped up, put it all out on the flopped it all out on the table, and said, "Let's rock and roll." It wasn't Bijan; it was Rashawn Johnson. And I think all those elements are why Bijan was successful because of Rashawn Johnson being able to do what he could. Because after that first two first few drives where he was in that row cat playing the wildcat position, now the defense had to start looking at things a little bit differently. And then it opened up things for Bijan down the road. Rashawn, you know, Texas got hit in the mouth, and it was how they responded. 
that game, it was 17 to seven in the second quarter and potentially could have gone even further. They, I believe they almost picked up a, 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 on the ensuing kickoff. I think UTSA almost recovered a fumble, which would have been another double down. And so it, this thing could have gotten out of hand in a, in a hurry. Rashawn Johnson was the one guy that stepped in and said, no, thank you. I got this. He, he, he's the one that hit back. And I think the, the team followed that. And like you said earlier, we kind of talked about this is a game they probably lose a few years ago. Matter of fact, maybe last year. Rashawn Johnson's the type of guy that knows that. He's been on those teams. He's experienced that. It's almost like he knew, man, we need this. And so he went in and delivered it. And it's funny because everyone gives Bijan the acclaim, and for good reason. The kid's going in the first round likely next year. Totally understandable. Rashad Johnson's going to play running back in the NFL. And, and, and Bobby, I feel like he's going to have a productive career in the NFL. He may not be a starter. He may not be a, a long-term you know, answer. But he's going to be a guy that franchises in the league covet because of everything he can bring physically, but also mentally, what he brought emotionally to that team. And so my offensive MVP is going to be Rashawn Johnson as well. Yeah, he didn't have the great numbers, but his numbers – you, they don't show up on a box score. They just don't. Rashawn, the, physical, the physicality was so welcomed at that point. It felt like that was the first time in the game that Texas took the physicality to UTSA as opposed the, to vice versa. Exactly. It was the first time where Rashawn was the one to return the punch because UTSA, we talked about this multiple times. UTSA was going to come out that's they play hard. That Jeff Trailer teams on the road, underdog against a name brand in primetime television, and you expect Jeff Trailer not to bring it? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And that's exactly what they did. I think they deserve a ton of credit. But Rashawn Johnson, offensive MVP, didn't have the numbers like Bajan did. But what Rashawn does translates off, you know, off the field, translates out of the box score, big time. It permeates across the team. There you go. You know what I mean? It, I like it, it's, not, it's not just that. It, it, it really does because it leaks over. It leaks over into everybody else from a, yeah. from a, hey, did we just see him do that? We need to try to step up and match that physicality. And maybe the defense saw that too because let me tell you, <laughs> it wasn't the offense that I was worried about getting out physical. It was the defense. That's the one we're going to talk about and think, okay, there's some learning lessons here. Yep. Let's finish up with the offense real quick before we yes, do sir. go to defense. All right. So I've just got some stats here. Uh, Texas finishes with 459 yards of total total offense, 161 through the air, 298 rushing. Uh, now, Texas does actually outgain UTSA on the night. Uh, if there was a problem with Texas, uh, third down conversions, just four of 11. Um, not exactly what you want to see in my opinion, uh, from the Longhorns on the night. Uh, Hudson Card, a week after going 16 for 24 against Alabama, goes 15 for 23. He's going to be right at that 60 to 65% mark. Right. Um, he, again, I think he had a key fourth down or fourth quarter scramble, which was interesting. Really the first time he tucked it all night. Same against uh, what he did against Texas to, or against uh, Alabama a week before, had that key fourth uh, fourth quarter scramble or third quarter scramble, whatever it was. Um, so I, I look at it and think, okay, he's moving the ball, but he's not moving it as consistently as you'd want with going four for 11 
on first downs. The offensive line was until they went to the 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 two back set. The offensive line was not opening up anything in the middle. I think that uh, you know UTSA was challenging Texas there, and that's kind of why uh, they were. That's kind of why Bijan broke the long run for seventy eight yards. Uh, they were committing so many people to the run that they had no safety back. And once Bijan broke that line, uh, he went on. But uh, long story short, Longhorns finished with uh, 459 total yards. A, I wouldn't give it an A performance on offense, but I wouldn't give it a C performance either. Um, so I, I think it was good enough to win. Uh, Hudson Card uh, played admirably, uh, played up to his ability, I think, and, and led the Longhorns to win. Maybe the most important stat for him on the night and on for Longhorn offense Zero turnovers. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, because I you. <laughs> yeah, because I, I tell you what, a turnover at any point in time in that game, uh, it was one of those nip and tuck games. They were down by ten. It, it's it is what it is, uh, and so you have to you have to think about that. All right, let, let's go to defense, Justin, uh, and talk about the those if guys you, over if there. You want to? <laughs> I have to. <laughs> it started off. It started off with a twenty play drive. Um, and I tell you what, it did not look good. They were getting gashed up the middle. They were given, they were allowing Frank Harris to move outside the pocket. Uh, and by the way, folks, if you didn't think, uh, Frank Harris was good before we tried to articulate it, uh, on, on Texas football and at insidetexas.com as well. Hey, this is a guy that can do, make some things happen. He leading the country in total offense. Absolutely. Um, so people should have thought about that, but they're thinking, oh, well, it was against army in Houston. I can't do that to the, the mighty Longhorns. He, other kids can play football too. <laughs> uh, and he, he was, he was that kind of guy. I was talking to someone uh, this morning and if Frank Harris had an arm, like a legit arm, he'd be a big, 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 big time NFL prospect uh, just because of the escapability, the ability to throw on the run in particular. Uh, but the Texas defense had problems stopping him early. Uh, I, I want to go to that stat. And while we talk about players, one of the things that I, I found, UTSA, 29 first downs last night. Think about that, Justin. It's that. 29 yes. first down, 9 of 16 on third down. At one time, I think they were 7 of 9 on third down, though. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. So Texas dramatically stepped it up in the second half. They changed their coverage a little bit. Uh, they started going man up on the outside, started pressing instead of giving that that soft underbelly uh, that they that the UTSA moved the ball down so so easily against. Um, right. But let, let's tell me about what you think about the team overall on defense last night. Uh, you know, the first half, any anytime someone runs a twenty play drive, it doesn't matter how good your defense is, it's going to get wore down, and it usually is going to give up points. Hey, but you only three. Yeah, and then and that was that's that's an accomplishment in that sort of scenario. Um, but my my I guess my issue was the fact that uh 
UTSA wasn't going to try to beat Texas with a big play. They were going to nickel and dime them to death. And by God, they almost did. Like, they were going to take the three yards. You know, Brendan Brady was going to crash at the line, fall forward three yards, and they were going to be happy with that. Oscar Cardenas, the tight end, and if, you know, if LHN's watching this, that's how you pronounce his name. <laughs> My God. And, and he, you know, a 285-pound tight end who's got soft hands. I can't imagine the, the sore shoulders for the linebackers and the DBs trying to run up and pop that big joker. He was effective. And like I said, Frank Harris, and then you had Cephas and Franklin as receivers. They had weapons. I don't think Texas was ready for the physicality. I think they were ready from a schematic standpoint. I think they were coached up and prepared. They just weren't ready for the reality of a three yard, just taking three yards in a cloud of dust. Because it's kind of what they were doing for for UTSA. They were going to nickel and dime them. It took a half, maybe a little more for them to kind of adjust. I also thought the size of Texas inside eventually wore down UTSA. They came out. They got some big boys on the offensive line, but they weren't healthy. And, you know, the bigger they are, the more tired they get. So if you pound, if you go at them long enough, consistent enough, show enough looks, you can start to wear them down. And I think that's kind of what happened. UTSA does have, doesn't have near the depth that Texas did. And that 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 helped the defense as well. Um, it, it's funny, you know, we had another week of DeMarvion Overshone and, and, and a phantom target call. We had another week where the defense scored a touchdown. We had another week where the edge guys were going way too over-pursuing and literally doing what UTSA wanted you to do. That When, when they did that, that pushed Frank Harris and those guys up the middle. And Frank Harris in, in the open field is going to get you five or six yards. You know, tremendous guy. And so the defense to me – I felt, you know, just like we said with the offense, the adjustment in the second half to me was was tremendous. That's what's going to win games. That's what's going to get you in the Big 12 championship, Bobby. It's the adjustment from the first half to the second half. It's finding those little little things that they can do differently to, to try to do that. I thought there were some guys on defense that didn't have great games after playing two really good games earlier in the year. I, I was disappointed in Ryan Watts' performance. Even it, it, I wouldn't call it overly bad, but I would say it. I almost felt like UTSA was picking on him, and that was a guy I did not anticipate them picking on. But then on the flip side, I really liked the play from linebackers. I mean, not only did Overshone have ten tackles, you know, four of them solo, you know, pass breakup, you know, Overshone was great for what three quarters, two and a half, three quarters. Jalen Ford is. Ever since that missed gap assignment in the first quarter against Alabama where Jace, I believe it was Jace McClellan, took it to the house 80 yards for Alabama, Jalen Ford has been damn near perfect. He had finished with 10 tackles last week. He tacks on another 15. If Texas wants to win and be competitive this year on the defensive side, Jalen Ford, that's the Jalen Ford you're going to have to have week after week. He's going to have to clean up the wash. He's going to have to, 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 to do all that when the defensive line's doing their job. At the end of the day, Jalen Ford's probably the guy that I felt like was most valuable. He was the guy that I felt like was the you know he, he was the the uh, the straw that stirred the drink. And so this was an adjustment game. 
This was a game that, okay, you got busted in the mouth. Now you have to, to, to reassess. Once they realize, okay, they're only going to take two or three yards at a time, you can play up. You don't have to give them so much space. Frank Harris, I think they started hitting him in the second half, and I think that's kind of started taking a little bit of a toll on him to eventually where he was, you know, taken out of the game late. And so, give the, you know, we're going to dog the defense. The defense is going to get a lot of ribbing this week on social media. I'm sure Sark's going to hear a bunch of questions about it on Monday. Uh, but I like PK on the field, Bobby. I think that helps those guys see him eye to eye and to see exactly what he sees and what adjustments he think he needs to make. So don't dog the defense too much, Texas fans, because I know they gave up a ton of yards. Again, UTSA is a good football team. This is not ULM. This is not some, you know, Sister Mary College coming in for a cupcake game and a paycheck. UTSA came. There was nothing in that locker room that they thought they weren't going to win. That's just they're a good. I think I would say I would challenge. I think they're a good offensive football team. I, I, I think I if they were deeper, like they were last year, yeah, they'd be a lot better. But they lost so they've lost you know some not so many, but they lost some major guys. But yeah, the defense is going to take a lot of it on the chin this week, and justifiably so. They gave up a ton of yards and a lot of third downs. It just made you shake your head. But give that linebacker crew credit. That's something we bemoaned all offseason. How are the linebackers going to play? How are they going to adjust? Who is going to step up? It was a key component to stopping the run. And you got to give Overshone and Jalen Ford a ton of credit for that, Bobby. Uh, speaking with Justin Wells of Inside Texas, InsideTexas.com, uh, Justin, I, I agree with almost everything you said. Who are you going with your uh, defensive MVP? I, I want to I give it to Jade Barron because even Sark spoke about it after the game. He is a jack of all John. He's a jack of all trades. This is a guy that does everything: tackles in open space, makes plays in the secondary, can you know can can cover a tight end as well as he covers a slot receiver. Jade Barron is a very valuable piece to this team, and I think that pick six gave the Texas sideline a sigh of relief. Like, oh, okay, now we're a two-score game. Okay, now we're starting to feel like we're asserting ourselves. So I want to give it to Jade Barron for all those reasons. But I'm not denying my man Jalen Ford. 15 tackles, 25 tackles in the last two, actually in the last six, basically six and a half quarters. Jalen Ford's my defensive MVP. What about yeah, you? I, I have a hard time not going with Ford given that. Um, although I'm not sure he disrupted many plays. Uh, I think that they ran right at him uh, a lot of times and uh, he filled the hole. So I, I don't know. I think that he definitely deserves mention. I don't know that I would go with him. Barron made the play that definitely turned the game. And you said it it, it gave a sigh of relief to the sideline. I think it gave a sigh of relief to about 100,000 fans and everybody watching on TV, too, when he made that play. Because, uh, you know, I, I know what my dad was saying when he made it. And my dad was like, okay, my heart rate can go down now, you know. So yeah, This watch I, will stop beeping. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, I had I had two guys that I thought uh, deserved it. Uh, Anthony Cook, um, he made some some plays that he made some plays that I thought were really really important. Uh, one was a, a stop down near the goal line on a ball that was caught in the open field, and he made a sure stop of a 
uh, player at the two-yard line. Tied in. Yeah. He that tied in, Cardenas. He, he did. And furthermore, because he stopped him there and didn't let him roll over him into the end zone, that play ended up being the only three points UTSA got in the second half. UTSA did not score a touchdown on that drive, whereas if he would have just rolled over him, that, that was the difference between a 24-24 game and a 24-20 game at that point. Yeah. Um, and he made a couple other plays in the open field. Uh, he did not let anybody get deep behind him. The, the corners did. Uh, and uh, so I, I felt like Cook did a good job overall. Uh, the other guy that I'm going to mention that had, I'm looking at his stat line, and it's showing he only had two tackles, and that's Byron Murphy. Of the guys on the defensive front, he was the only one that was making stops at or near the line of scrimmage in early downs. And you and I talked about this. I, I have a hard time going with him. I would go with either uh, Anthony Cook here or Jalen Ford. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to probably go with uh, Anthony Cook. Uh, I know that that uh, anytime somebody has 15 tackles, that's just a, a superhuman effort. So I don't want to minimize that. Uh, but I thought, I thought that Cook played uh, and made some impactful plays uh, in, in the passing game and against the run uh, last night. Anthony Cook has become a really good tackler. You know, Anthony had never faulted for being physical. He was always physical when he came. I don't want to say always, but he, he always had a physical element about him because he wasn't always the speedster. He always had some length. He had some size. And once I remember Anthony Cook, after about the second offseason, he started seeing the trap. She started seeing the neck. He started seeing, all right, this dude's filling out. And then we, Eric and I would speak, and it's like, that dude's probably a safety now. And so we're seeing that maturation of it. We're seeing you just can't throw a good potential DB back there and just hope for the best. You have to groom him. You have to teach him. You have to show him things, pick up tendencies. Cook is turning into that, Bobby. Yeah. Cook is turning into that. And I will mention this. We didn't hear much from, By from Byron Murphy. I'm curious how much he played in the first half. Roy Miller and I were going back and forth during the game, and he had mentioned he hadn't even seen Murphy. And maybe that was part of the scheme. Maybe that was part of the, the, the rotation that was coming in at the time. I don't know. I, I don't have any doubts on Murphy. I know once he's in and plugged in, that that's a that's a, a, a gap stopper. But I'm with you on Anthony Cook. He's turned himself into a legitimate college football safety. He has become a better tackler. He's 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 turned he he he's progressed to the point where he's gonna get to a camp. On, NFL, on on Sundays, and he's going to have a shot at getting a check for a couple of years. Yep. All right. Uh, UTSA finishes with 408 yards of total offense, uh, 29 first downs, 9 of 16 on third down. At one point, they were 7 of 9 on third down. So Texas then goes uh, push them, pushes them down to 2 of 7 uh, to finish the second half. Uh, I'm looking at it. Uh, overall, Texas did cause a couple of fumbles. Uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey caused one uh, that Texas did not get on. Jalen Ford caused one as well uh, that they did not go on, get on, but they did get the Jade Barron interception return for the touchdown. That speaks to the play of the game for me. I'm going with the Jade Barron uh, interception return for a touchdown as the play of the game. What about you, Justin? Third non-offensive touchdown of the season, and you and I talked about it right before the season started. The amount of non-offensive touchdowns this team was going to generate, I felt was going to be a big factor on how much success they had this season. They're up to three in three games. I, I don't. I'm not good at math, 
but that's a that sounds like a decent average so far. And so I, I, I'm with you. I, you know, like I told you, I like to be original, but I'm a copycat. You're right, Bobby. The Jade Baron pick, and like we had said, that that it was a collective sigh of relief, not only from the sideline, but from 102,000 people. And again, give Texas fans credit; they showed up loud and proud. I want to talk about the officiating next, but first, I want to- <laughs> <laughs> oh man! First, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Bertolatus Rodman. Uh, at Bertolatus Rodman, it's about the relationships. Uh, the full service law firm specializes in business and real estate law, satisfying the needs of startups and complex negotiations to every contract needed in between. Bertolatus Rodman develops lasting, meaningful relationships that put their clients first. If you're needing uh, a booty or a hands-on law firm to deal with your uh, new business or uh, trying to sell your business, Bertolatus Rodman is the group for you. Hey, uh, Justin. I want to just, I literally wrote this on InsideTexas.com this morning. I literally dreamed about crappy officiating last night. I I mean, that's how bad it was, right? I mean, I understand, Bobby. uh, And I think, I think my blood pressure rose as I was dreaming because I was getting pissed off. And so, (laughs) were you talking in your sleep? I, I was not, I don't talk in my sleep, but I definitely think in my sleep, I believe. Long story short, Longhorns, uh, there were a number number of issues last night. There were a couple of holding calls. One holding call was made by the umpire 30 yards away um, on Jatavian Sanders. It was ridiculous. Um, one hold on Jordan Whittington uh, or um, on Roshan Johnson looked like more like a steamroll than a than a hold. Yeah. I, I felt like those are just the minor ones. The major ones clearly. The guy ran out of the end zone mostly on his own to come back to try to catch the ball. Then catch doesn't catch the ball. Then they don't even review the play until after the fact, and it almost gets the, the extra point kick. Then you have DeMarvian Overshone, textbook form tackle, not, not bending his head down, hitting with his face mask first, and they tell him it's because the quarterback was defenseless when he was head on with the quarterback. What else are you supposed to do? I mean, how else? I mean, the guy had been Houdini all night. I mean, how else are you supposed to tackle the dude? These referees are, it's the second week in a row where, frankly, they're pathetic. I mean, I I hate to say this, but that was that. I don't know if it's, I, I will say this individually, I don't know if it's all of it or who, if there's one individual or a couple of individuals that are poor. It's, it's not the whole crew, clearly, but at the end of the day, it is just an embarrassment when you don't review the play until seconds before, and it's a touchdown. You're supposed to review every score, okay? And they had already lined yeah. up and set the ball p- for play. You review that as a target and make that call after the fact without any – it was just – I don't know what to say other than the officiating in the Big 12 um, – is I don't know who the director of officials is. They need to hire somebody new because it's not working. Uh, you, you probably don't remember this, but in I believe it was 2016 at the Big 12 Media Days. Uh, at hey, the hey, by the way, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I got to go back to this. DeMarvin Overshone last week with a targeting. He didn't even hit him. I guess, I guess he hit him with, I guess he hit um, his foot with the crown of his helmet last week. 
<laughs> I mean, what the heck? I mean, last I don't week's even was ridiculous. Target. Last week's was ridiculous, not because I think of the, the the phantom targeting, because it was determined that it wasn't, and they still took the points off the board. So that's not logic. There's no logic there. You know, it's it's either this or it's that. It's black and white. There's no gray there. If it's a flag, it's no points. If it isn't, it's points. That one right there was really difficult for the Big 12 referees to understand, like I think many Saturdays. And, and I think this is a micro and, and I'll say this, Bobby, it's not just Big 12 officials. It's it's officials in every conference. The Big 12 just seems to be worse because we, we see them on a more regular basis. But this is a problem throughout college football and football in general because they, I understand that, you know, they're trying to minimize the injuries. They're trying to make it a safer sport, a sport that's not – was never designed to be safe. They're trying to figure out how to quit – kids quit getting concussions. But here's the problem. they The rule is so loosely done, and the game happens at such a fast speed. I tweeted this out and got incredible reactions. Why is it Overshone's fault that he's 6'4"? Why is that his fault? At, at, I believe right before every game, Sark needs to bring DeMarvion to all the referees and say, I want to show you something. <laughs> this guy is taller than that guy's quarterback. And so if he's going to stand in the middle of the pocket and stare at him, and trust me, Frank Harris got the deer in the headlights when he saw Agent Zero coming down to take his soul. And the truth is, I've seen DeMarvion Overshone many times in high school and, and in college. Five years ago, he kills Frank Harris. He didn't even hit him hard, Bobby. I've seen Overshone disassemble people in that position. The guy tried to stay within the letter of the law, and you still popped him. It's not his fault for being 6'4". These refs are inconsistent. Like I was I was saying a little bit before, 2016 Big 12 Media Days, myself, Ian Boyd, Joe Cook, Walt Anderson was, the I believe, the president of officials at the time. And I had a pretty straightforward question about the 16 penalties that were called on Texas against Oklahoma State at the home game earlier that year because there was no repercussion. There was no punishment. There was no review. Uh, all Walt said was, yeah, there were some bad calls. Well, where's the accountability? Because that cost Texas a football game. And if this was in a conference game, a Big 12 conference game, and let me tell you, this is going to rear its ugly head again. Overson's not going to stop playing the way he is because he can't shrink himself. So there's no way for him to change that. It's not consistent. And I think Sark and those guys have to make it clear to the rest. Look, I understand you're trying to call it by the letter of the law. You're trying to make kids safer. And, and overall, the game may be a little bit safer. It's still violent. And there was no crown of the helmet. It's not Overshone's fault. Frank Harris is 5'11". It's not his fault. He's standing straight at him. Got the deer in the headlights. Frank Harris had a flashback from when he was a kid when he got ran over by a car. And he's like, okay, here comes a truck. And, 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 and yeah, we could bemoan this thing all morning long, and I would get more and more. Uh oh, beep, beep, beep. That's my, that's my, my, my heart pressure's going up talking about this. You hear the beep? It's starting to go up. I will say, it's got to be more consistent. It's got to be explained better. Yeah, I will say this for, for, um, for one thing, Steve Sarkeesian takes that better than I ever would. Uh, <laughs> he knows he can't win that fight. And I, I think the ref, look at the ref. The ref, if you look at his lip his lip service, the ref's basically saying, 
look, man, this was a bad call. I, I, I don't, I can't do anything about it. I don't buy this stupid rule. Like I felt for the ref, like I felt for Sark. I don't know. I, he had, he had some composure to contain himself. I'll just put it that way that I may not have had, had that hey, been happening to my, wait till, if this happens in, 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 in the cotton bowl in mid October, and you take out one of Texas' best players for this, I don't anticipate Sark being that cool. <laughs> no no maybe, doubt. Maybe they should let Bo Davis talk to the refs. Hey, uh want to talk a little bit. Uh, I, I think we're – I think you and I agree. It's just – it's a shame uh, because uh, the, the football game for the second consecutive week could have turned on officiating as opposed to play on the field, uh, and that's unfortunate. Hey, uh, uh, very unfortunate for a game I think we both love to watch. Um Justin, uh, recruiting impact of this game. Uh, a lot of recruits there. I wanted to talk about that and then hit on the rankings. Uh, Cedric Baxter, obviously, in town. The DeSoto duo of Jonte Cook, uh, Trey Wisner, guys like Dylan Spencer, Samaje Burrell, Connor Stroh. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Darian I'm missing Gillette. Yeah, Darian Gillette. I'm sure I'm missing people whenever I, I mention all these guys. really big-time safety 2024 that I spoke to last night. Uh, the Re- J- Johnson Rebel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are what do you think the impact of that was? Couldn't hurt that Bijan went for 183, that Roshan kind of changed the tenor of the game with Cedric Baxter to, to keep that commitment, right? Oh, no question. The thing you have to remember about r- recruiting reactions is often in a loss, it's not nearly as bad as fans take it. Play The high school kids really don't I've said this a hundred times to buddies. They don't see the game the same way adults do. They're just not emotionally invested. Of course, they like to see a good game and they like to see like a crazy crowd. And if the team wins, the vibe around everything is a lot more positive. So it's just an easier way to, hey, we're leaving the game, hanging out with players, hanging out with recruits. Um, to me, the recruits saw exactly what they wanted to see. They saw an offense that, that finally started moving the ball. They saw an offense that could run in multiple fashions. They know, look, Jonte Cook knows Quinn Ewers wasn't healthy. He knows the offensive vertical game wasn't going to happen. And as much as Sart tried to bring that vertical game down, I mean, I, I, it was at least four misses to Xavier Worthy on the first two, maybe three drives where he just barely misses. And, you know, a couple of them card under through one, over through another. On a couple other, it looked like Worthy kind of quit the route. I'm not sure if he's ever rounded off one in his life. Either way, it's one of those things where recruits, they saw a fun game. They saw 102,000 show up for a a G5 opponent. And once the game kind of got, you know, in the second half, the the crowd got more and more into it. Uh, Catching up with Jordan uh, Johnson Rubel, once this, uh, you know, airs earlier uh, later today i'll have we'll have an update at inside texas.com he's one of the best safeties in the country robbie he's originally from fort worth brewer he plays at img academy now in Braden, florida um he just could not stop talking about how much he likes these coaches and how much he likes this defensive style and and this is a guy that texas this is it's not a must get but he's He's one of the best safeties in the country, and, and he's a guy that you want to bring in when Jaron Thompson leaves, when Anthony Cook, you know, heads out. And so, overall, you had some of the recruits commits there. They, they're they happy. You know, Darren Gallette, happy. He, he liked what he saw, especially from linebacker play. Gallette had even told me, he said, that he, I got a message about the, the overshown hit. He's like, man, that was a BS call. Even the kids know that, and I think they fed off that. 
I really do. And so Jonte, he just wanted to come back to Austin. Jonte hadn't been back to, to Texas in, I want to say, a couple months. He'd been really busy with, with non-district play in DeSoto, I think some Saturday games. He was so happy to be back. And, and I think that's really good for the morale of that 2023 class because Jonte's he's not the leader of it, but he's probably the most vocal. And all the guys like him. And then, you know, Connor Stroh's there. And I, I feel like Connor Stroh, I saw a picture of him after the game with, with, with Coach Flood, and he's just – he's another big, large human. And, and hit, you know, catching up with him earlier this morning, he loved how the offensive line adjusted and got more physical. Like they got popped in the mouth, but he loved how they responded. And that's – to me, that's pretty intuitive for kids to notice those things, for Gallette to notice the overstone play, for, for Jonte Cook to notice – you know, the attempts trying to go vertical, you know, those are things that he wants to see. And so um, for a game like UTSA, it, it was, a, to me, the reactions were as good as they could get. It was a positive, net positive all the way through. Um, like I said, we'll have some more updates coming up, but but Jonte Cook loved it. Jordan Johnson Rubel loved it. Derek Williams came back. This is the first time Derek Williams, the safety from Westgate, down in down Louisiana, the first time he's gotten to be able to come back and, and hang out with the Texas commits, he he enjoyed it as well. And so, a win always helps. A win always makes it easier. A, a, a twenty-one point win definitely makes it easier. And then the big plays in the second half, they 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 caught that momentum, that enjoyment, and I, I think that's where you see the impact of recruiting. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Looking at the rankings right now, uh, as we we talk about this, Texas came into the game ranked twenty-one in the country. I don't see Texas necessarily going up very much. Uh, Penn State at 22 beat Auburn. Uh, I, Penn State looked like they could be a top 10 team in that game against Auburn. Uh, they might leapfrog Texas. Uh, Texas might also leapfrog somebody like Wake Forest. Uh, NC State uh, beats Texas Tech 27-14. I, I think Texas probably stays around. They came into the game 21st. I think Texas stays around 20 this, this week, right? Yeah, it, if they move up a few spots, it's going to be because other schools lost. Yeah, it's minimal, right? It's yeah, it's one of those. It's it's almost zero sum. You know, they're they're coming up by you know a process of elimination. But nevertheless, they played a team that was ranked all last year and going to be a borderline strong, strong you know G five team this year. And so I, I think Texas is in the 18, 19, 20 range right now. When Quinn Ewers comes back, I think that might change, but we're not there yet. It's still the Hudson Card Show as of this after, you know, as of this morning, and I'm I, I don't see him over nineteen or twenty. I feel like they just they should keep him in that range until they beat maybe a ranked team, until they beat put a beat down maybe on uh, on somebody early on in conference, maybe with Texas Tech, with West Virginia, one of those sorts. If they're able to, right? Um, yeah. I, I think you're right. Uh, Ewers changes the complexion of the game for Texas because he gives them another outlet to make big plays. Um, and that is a that that changes not only your offense, it changes what your defense has to react to um, yeah. and play as. Uh, they can they can be a little bit more aggressive. They can be um, a little bit more uh, greedy, I think is the best way to put it, right? Um, and try to try to do some things. Um, but uh, anyways, all right, so Justin, at InsideTexas.com, we have a special right now, one month uh, for just $1. Uh, please join us there if you're not already. 
Uh, Paul Wadlington's will have his post-mortem uh, thoughts on the game. Uh, Eric Naline, Justin Wells, Jerry Hamilton, myself, Ian Boyd had his quick thoughts already posted uh, this morning as well. Uh, Joe Cook was uh, the beat reporter. He he uh, was with Sark last night uh, after the game in the the, the media room. Uh, we'll be there for you guys. Please join us. Uh, but before we go, we also want to continue to thank our sponsor, Bertolatis Rodman. Uh, it's about the relationships there. The full-service law firm specializes in business and real estate law, satisfying the needs of a startup to complex negotiations to every contract in between. Uh, Bertolatis Rodman uh, is the firm for you if you're looking uh, to get into uh, business law uh, and do things for your, your small business, big business, whatever it may be. They put their clients first. Hey, Justin, uh, before I let you go, uh, I want to ask one final question. Surprises for you uh, out of this game. What what's a, what was the, perhaps the biggest surprise? Dang, that's a good question. Um, the biggest surprise to me, I guess I just, I thought Texas would be able to control the line of scrimmage from the start to finish. And the fact that a busted up, injury riddled offensive line at UTSA, no, they control. They were the more physical team in the first half, most of the first half. And so if I was going to have a biggest surprise, it was that the defensive line couldn't get more of a push in the first half and the offensive line couldn't get any lanes open, couldn't, couldn't create anything. And I think ultimately there's a different vibe when Quinn Ewers is on the field with the offense than there is with Hudson card. And it's not a knock on card. It's just how special Quinn is. That's the biggest key because I think these guys have a lot of confidence in Quinn. And as we've seen, Quinn is gaining confidence every snap in a college football uniform. He's so much better now than he was even two weeks ago. And so the biggest surprises overall would be just, I, I was surprised that, that UTSA was able to control the line of scrimmage for such a long time in the game. And I was a little surprised. I knew card was going to play well. I knew he still hurt. The guy's a warrior. He's a great kid. He lives and breathes Texas. Texas fans really need to appreciate that kid. Hudson Card has done every single thing asked of him since he's been on campus. And give that kid credit, even when he couldn't get vertical and couldn't do what, you know, the game plan probably pretended at the end of the day. They still won. They still got it done. But this offense just feels different with Quinn. And I think that res I think Sark knows that as well. I can't wait to see what happens next Saturday in Lubbock. I can't wait to see Quinn Ewers come out in a uniform and go through warmups. And I can't wait to see exactly what, uh, who starts that game. That's a future surprise, right, Justin? Hey man, that's not going to be a surprise to us, but buddy, it's going to be a pleasant one for the nation. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I would go with, uh, Roshan Johnson and I shouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. We yeah. I, I, I just feel like he just, you, you forget about the physicality he plays with if you don't see him on a regular basis, you take it for granted. Right. And, and boy, he came strong. He came strong. All right. Uh, for Justin Wells of inside Texas, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, we'll have lunch with the coach on Monday uh, with coach Brian Irwin. We'll be talking and breaking it down more from an X's and O's perspective, uh, seeing what he thought of the game as well. Uh, but for now, this has been on Texas football and thank you for watching.